Welcome to Landing CPT, OPT, and S1B Jobs, a career guide for international students brought to you by ICOA. I'm your host, Quan Siegel. Today is an exciting episode because I have a very special guest joining me today. I've been receiving a ton of questions from international students who are already planning ahead for next year's summer internship. So to address their concerns and provide some valuable insights, I could not be happier to have Jun Hoon with me today. Jun is not only an experienced senior learning and development consultant in the computer software industry, but also someone with extensive knowledge in campus recruitment. Jun, thank you so much for joining my podcast today. Thank you so much, Quan, for having me. Absolutely. I'm so thrilled to have you here with us and cannot wait to dive into these important topics together. Well, let us kickstart with some of the crucial questions that I have been receiving from the students and to help them best prepare for their internship search, especially with the Fortune 500 companies. June, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. So first of all, when does the summer internship recruitment typically begin for companies in the Fortune 500? Sure. Good question, Quan. So I would say students go traditionally in the United States back to university around mid-August, maybe September, um, depending on the university. And so we would typically follow the university schedule and, you know, partner with the universities for the career fair. So we would typically get started around the fall timeframe. They always say that early in and, you know, the bird gets the worm early. And so we typically want the students to um, engage around the fall time. So let's say right now with this podcast interview, we are in July. So students should get ready, let's say by late August. Absolutely. So most of the students are getting situated in dorms and or apartments, getting their classes started for sure. But the universities will begin usually their career fairs around late September, early October. And you know, at that time, maybe you're not thinking about it, you're starting school, you're focused on your classes and such, but that's that that's certainly okay. There's also another round in January that we do, but if you really want to get in early and really secure something for the summer, most Fortune 500 companies, the top companies will look to secure before probably end of the year for a spring 2024, summer 2024 start. Such a great insight. And now I'm so curious about the HR strategy behind the scene, June, and I know that you're the expert in HR strategy as well. Can you share with us a little bit, like share some reasons and objectives that companies have in their internship recruitment process, like why they are hiring interns? Yeah. So good question there as well, Quan. We always start with workforce demand planning, right? So we need to be able to see the future, the next couple of years. How is it going to look for us? You know, how many people maybe are eligible for retirement? What does our workforce look like? Do we need to fill these particular roles? Specifically, when you think about maybe the software industry, right? It's ever changing, ever moving, and the skills that are needed. 
we need to be able to move with the times, think, you know, the future. And so right now, everybody's talking about AI, machine learning, all of those topics. And so we need to be able to upskill, you know, our, our workforce to be ready for all of this. And so we always have demand planning, you know, throughout we, HR works, works with the various organizations, teams to say, okay, let's identify the skills that are needed for mid to long-term. And I'll use my role as an example, as a program lead for an internship program specifically, you know, in order to be able to create such an internship program is we need to see the demand on this. It's not just about, okay, we need one or two interns for next year in the summer to, you know, fill certain gaps. We're really looking to grow our talent workforce. And how do we do that is really by bringing interns in, helping to grow their, you know, skills, marry that with their theoretical studies in university, and really be able to hopefully prepare them for the workforce later on with us and or somewhere else. Love it. Right. Workforce planning is so crucial for any business and internship is the way for you to have that talent pool. To show, exactly. to make sure that you're not short of your future talent. Exactly. Having exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So great. So great. Now let us shift our focus to the students themselves to help them prepare for summer internship hunting. What strategies or preparations can students undertake to stand out during the internship recruitment process this fall? Yeah. So if you're finding yourself uh, a little bit slower in the summer after finals and, you know, in between the fall, I would certainly recommend signing up for some online classes, whether it's, you know, if you're a technology code academy and other areas, if you're other majors as well. One of the big things we have here is shadowing opportunities where Maybe it's not paid, but maybe it's just a week of your time, but just to understand how a company works in the field, in the area that you're interested in. Certifications are very big things right now. Lots of free online certifications that you can get to really prepare yourself to position yourself in the fall as well in front of, you know, a company that you are interested in. Love that. Right. Uh, technical skills. You know, there are lots of trainings out there that mm-hmm. will help students become ready to tackle any internship opportunities that they will have in the future. Absolutely. Great. And I, I feel that soft skills is also important as well. Yes, absolutely. I would say personally, me, I put more of an emphasis on soft skills than I do on hard skills, to to, to be quite honest. Um, I understand when I look at and I interview students, a lot of times you think, okay, let's use technical again, computer science major or such. When you have your CV, your resume, you want to stand out to the recruiters, hiring managers. And so you're very much wanting to say, I know this, I know this, I know this programming language. I I know this technology. And that's great because obviously, you know, we want to reduce the time to um, ramp up and everything. But remember, you're also learning and you're you're learning in a different atmosphere from a professional side. A lot of individuals will go into an internship. They might have had some work experience, maybe in service industry or something like that. 
But when you kind of get into this, you know, mid to, to, to larger size companies or even federal government or anything, you're now having to learn softer skills, networking, communication skills, presentation skills, um, reminding yourself to come on time. Those things that we ne don't necessarily can kind of quantify in terms of these hard skills, like you're a 10 in Python skills in programming or something like that, right? That's key and important to us because you're more willing as a mentor, a hiring manager, a recruiter to take that chance on someone who has that work ethic versus maybe can be the, a genius person and very talented, but not show up for work, right? What does that do and help us in the end and the individual? Right. Great advice. Like technical skills may help your resume get picked out from the pile because you have the right skills for the job. But soft skills, you can share those soft skills during job interviews and you will stand out during the internship as well because people want to work with someone that they enjoy working with. And soft skills Absolutely. are so crucial. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to get the internship, the interview. It's another thing maintaining it and that relationship. Mm -hmm. um, that getting it and maintaining it are two different things. Maintaining it could lead to further opportunities and we don't realize it at all. Right, exactly. Now let us move on to the next question here. Um, I'm just curious, like once a job opening is posted, how long is it? usually open for new applications and do companies follow any specific like time frame in this regard? Yeah, and this is the tricky part here. And I hate this answer, but this is the answer I have to give is it does depend. You know, a lot of times we always see, and I, when I'm at career fairs, I'm talking to students, I know it, it's, it feels like your application went to a black hole. You have not heard anything for weeks or anything. There's a lot of factors. I would say we try to turn everything around pretty quickly. It could be from, you know, a, a week to two weeks, but it could be a couple months. Varying reasons that, you know, do not as a candidate put the onus and responsibility totally on you. A lot of times there are business factors that come into play. Maybe hiring managers are on vacation. Recruiters are on vacation. Maybe there is then talks of hiring freezes and they're not sure what to do. But I would say typically when you have an open position, you want to turn it around within at least 30 days if you can. Great advice. 30 days, but like as fast as you can. So lastly, could you please share any information about the average numbers of applications your company usually receives each year for summer internships? Yeah, so again, it just varies in terms of roles and, and the topic. So I'll give an example, and I think it also kind of feeds into our last question as well. So for example, data science, very hot topic, you know, last couple of years into this year. I have seen one data scientist internship garner almost a thousand applications within the first couple of wow. weeks. And so, Weird. yes. And so it poses a question of how in the world do I get my application looked at? 
That means that, you know, on different employer websites and portals, for us, for example, we have job alerts. So when recruiters open new postings and you create a profile and you say, I am interested in this, this and that. And if it's in within that profile, you will get an email to say, hey, a new job has been posted. Apply immediately. Apply immediately. I think, you know, what I see sometimes is people save save postings, you know, my students save postings because you're not sure. Is it, ah, let me see, let me think about it. You have to apply immediately. You know why? Because they are using the recruiting tools and systems. And that means they're going in sequential order. If I get what I need, if I get 10, 15 qualified candidates in the first week, what do you think is going to happen to the remaining hundreds they're, they're pretty much not going to make make the bucket. And this is real and this is reality. And so get in, get in early, get in fast for sure. Great. Thank you for these insights. Uh, now let us move on to some additional pre-submitted questions directly from a few students. Sure. First, we have this question from a rising sophomore student was wondering about the ideal types of internships they should consider. Do you have any advice for the student? Yeah, so that's uh, tricky and tough, right? As a rising sophomore, you're, you're in this state of, you know, only having limited theoretical knowledge. A lot of times, you know, companies want a little bit more theoretics. I, I would say it depends what your major is, right? And again, I, I, I'll use example just because I, I have that background is just with the technical aspect. I have hired rising sophomores, believe it or not. And I've seen a lot of them walk around career fairs kudos to you for putting yourself out there, understanding what you like, what you don't like, getting familiar, getting getting comfortable with speaking to hiring managers, recruiters as well. I, I would say it depends on the major, but I would make sure my resume is reflective of kind of what I want to do, what I think I want to do, make sure it has any personal projects, any skills that I've gained, any certifications, online classes I took time to get. And I would say, you never know, take that chance. I typically hire, you know, rising juniors, but I have had a great amount of rising sophomores. And what separates them and why I would hire them is because I see that extra step that they have taken, that extra, you know, tenacity or work ethic, you know, as well. Like you may not think the job at McDonald's may, you know, should be on a resume, but it shows a lot to me that, you know, you spent your summer doing something and and you learn good customer service skills rather than maybe just sitting there playing video games as well. So do not discount those kind of work experiences as well too. This is so great, right? First of all, don't discount all your past experience, even though it's not relevant to the job. And you have earned some great education from your school courses. So you can utilize that as a plan for you to brand yourself for your new internship. Absolutely. Perfectly right. said. Thank you. Thank you for the insights. And now we have another student that curious about lead code questions. Mm -hmm. And this person asks, can you provide some insights on which types of roles typically incorporate lead code questions in the candidate assessment? 
Sure. So you're always going to probably look at a software developer type role for sure. I have really, my only experience is that most companies within Bay Area or New York, or I think as most um, people would know as the Fangs, which is Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, they are usually the the companies that tend to um, incorporate them into their interview process. Um, you may not necessarily get it with other, other companies, but you should expect some type of coding related exercise, problem solving exercise. But I would say most of the top top companies will implement that into their software developer type roles. Right, right. Yes, I have seen that a lot. And also data analytics role too. Yes, right. yes. Yeah. Great. Thank you for sharing the insights with us. Now we have one last question from the student. Um, this is from a recent graduate outside the U.S. with limited industry experience. They are curious about their chances of receiving an offer in an entry-level position in a U.S.-based company as an international applicant. Could you please share any insights on this? Sure. If they are currently based outside of the United States with limited industry experience, trying to make a pathway, essentially a career path in the United States. I think it's challenging, but doable. It's manageable. It can happen. It's not impossible. I would say you will have to make some concessions. Let's just say that. So I'm going to use my own personal experience that I know I've had a student um, recently and she wanted to work in um, Asia Pacific type uh, region and she's a U.S. Um, individual. And after extensive research, she realized that the limited language barrier that she had was probably not going to work, but that was still an ultimate goal of hers. Where she ended up pivoting was, I'm going to go to a Europe location. I'm going to start there and I'm going to do a couple years there, gain that experience, gain that networking, and then try to transfer to Asia region office. And so Maybe if U.S. is on your bucket list, let's just say your goal to be in, you may have to make a concession. Maybe you go to a different country, get, you know, enough skills and then be able to get into the U.S. You know, so sometimes European companies and making the transfer over to the U.S. makes it easier. It also depends on the country as well, too. But maybe you have to pivot a little bit and then work your way into the different area and region that you, you have a goal to be in. Great example. It's like sometimes you don't have to take a big leap. You can, you know, look into pathways yes. to help you one step at a time. And me, myself, actually, I have seen a few colleagues of mine from Thailand or from other countries that are here in the U.S. They joined a U.S. company in Bangkok, and then they transition from Bangkok office to the U.S., and that can happen as well. 
Exactly. And try to seek out global companies and maybe do a couple years there where you're at and then try to seek out that transfer as best as you can. Um, But there are pathways, as you said, in opportunities. It's, It's definitely not impossible, but there is probably some expectations that need to be made that it might not happen the first year or the second year. Right, right. Or another option is to be here as an international student on F1 visa and then uh, build the right skills, look into a a STEM degree and Mm -hmm. so that you can get three years of OPT work authorization. And that could be a great pathway to come to America for career development. Absolutely. And because you're here, make those key networks and opportunities. Go out to different conferences if you can. Um, If you're able to secure an internship, please do so and really make good use of the time so that, you know, someone will see what a great talent you are and say, you know what, I'm going to invest in them and they're going to be here with us. I love this word. I, I'm going to invest in them. So good. Yes. Thank exactly. you. Well, June, we are here at the end of the podcast episode today. Thank you so much for your valuable insights and advice. I'm so sure that students really enjoy this podcast and hearing your advice today. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Kwan, for the opportunity. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We will pick one lucky reviewer, and if your name is picked, you will receive a free course packed with networking tips to help you tap into the hidden job market. And if you want to go beyond this free resource and you want a coaching program to help you land your CPT, OPT or H1B job, please make sure to visit our website, icaway.com. You will see the link in the description below. When joining my program, the ICAway Talent Platform, you will receive comprehensive training to help you build the right strategy to find jobs as an international student. You will be able to build your game plan your new career brand and networking skills to tap into the hidden job market and bypass immigration hurdles. Have a great day and I will see you next time. Think big and live your dream.